morning, Gateway Church. We are a growing family after God's heart. I have some wonderful news to share with you. My daughter-in-law, Marin, who's married to our oldest son, Christopher. Isn't that something how I still call him Christopher? Most people call him Chris, but he's Christopher to me. They had a little baby boy. Marin had a baby boy on Friday. And yeah, it's really cool. So his name is Isaiah Zane. I, I like that name, Isaiah Zane. I call him the little big prophet. And the prophet came early. And uh, he came like, I think, what, five weeks early? Something like that. Right around there, four or five weeks early. And uh, he was born on Friday, like I said, June 24th. And uh, he weighed four pounds. Right. big deal. All right, are we on? I don't like these handheld microphones, but we have to use it. Like I was saying, he weighed 4'11", and uh, I weighed, his grandfather weighed 4'10", all right? So that little guy's got me by an ounce. He's <laughs> 18 inches, three-quarter inch long, and uh, he was placed in an incubator and on a CPAP for, for his breathing, but is doing, doing really good now. All right? So I, we'll get this all set up. All right, here we go. That was all meant to be so that you would just kind of tune in, all right? That was, that's all part of the introduction. See, I got your attention. It took more than that little baby. I got a picture of him, too. And uh, here he is. I'm having problems today, Lord. I'm going to ask you to help me. Here's a little picture of Isaiah Zane. Isn't he something else? And that was just right after they took that little CPAP Thing. He kind of he had this little this little deal on his on his head, and you could barely see his face. And you know, as a as a grandfather, as a mother, as a grandmother, you just in a father, you see your little son, your grandson in in the incubator, and that little thing over his face, and and you just your heart goes out to to them. And and uh, we were there when they took it off, and uh, and then he was breathing on his own, and they said, "Well, just kind of." see how things are going, and I don't believe that they had to put it back on him from what I get, from, yeah, from what I hear. And uh, isn't he just something else? The little big prophet, Isaiah Zane. Back when, 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 when I was born, he's a 4'11", all right, and Grandma got to hold him. And uh, I'm just going to keep his, his picture up there for inspiration right now. <laughs> I need that inspiration Isaiah, you're going to help me today, my little grandson. 
When I was born, my twin sister went home, and when they discharged my mom, I, I had to stay back in the hospital, and they had me in an incubator. But that was a long time ago, wasn't it? Don't answer that question. Don't nod your head. Just say, no, that, that wasn't that long ago. I can't believe it. But back then, an incubator was basically a heat lamp, right? Isn't that the case? Kind of like one of those at a restaurant where the cook places an order under a glowing red lamp and then hits the bell once or twice or three times. Your order is ready. Now you know why I like to be warm. It all started there when I was in that incubator, and it was nice and toasty warm in there with that heat lamp. Ever since then, I've liked to be warm. And my mom, sitting on that second row, she would have said the same thing. Turn those air conditioners off. It's too cold in here. Now, 75% of you are going, this is just awesome. This is great. The rest of us are saying, wow, where's my hat at? When I was a little bit like Isaiah Zane at my birth, here's the, here's the kicker, the real kicker. Isaiah, born, Isaiah Zane was born on the same day his oldest sister, Addison, was born, exactly three years later. So sister and brother both share the same birthday. Friday was quite a day. We celebrated Addie's three-year birthday party at the hospital and the birth of her brother, Isaiah. Marin, she's doing well. She went into the hospital last Friday, or last uh, Father's Day. And between Marin's parents, Pastor Bird, and Kristen Sepulveda and Deanne and I, we took care of Addie during the week while she was at the hospital. Early Friday morning, Deanne and I were sitting in our chairs in the living room having a cup of coffee together while Deanna was putting away Addie's toys, the dollhouse that she had out the night before. And uh, that was when I was on duty, all right? Deanna was doing a few things um, Thursday night. We came home from the hospital. Addie was playing. I was watching her, all right? She was on my on my clock, on the clock. Well, she brought out all her toys, the dollhouse, and guess what? They didn't get put back. Addie went to bed that night, and Deanna was putting back Addie's dollhouse and all of the stuff, the, the, the figurines, the cars, all of the, the, the things that associated with that dollhouse. And she made an observation. And she said it this way, and I, I, I filed it in my, my brain. It was, she is more likely to play if you put it away. That's what she said. I thought, wow, that's interesting. She's, she, Addison, is more likely to play if you put it away. If you put her stuff away the next day, if she comes out and she sees her dollhouse and all of the stuff all over the place, she probably won't play with it, Right? She's more likely to play if you put it away. Now, she didn't mean to be kind of like, I'm going to say this in a phrase. That's just the way it came out. And it's true, isn't it? I mean, parents, grandparents, is it not true? If the kids don't put any of their stuff away, they come out and it's like, oh, I don't want to play with that. It's a mess. But if you have them put it away, right, have them put it away, they come out, 
they look around, they're going, oh, I'd like to play with this certain toy. It looks so cool. I like that phrase. She looked at me kind of funny, my wife now. Gave me that look like whatever, but it was not, it was a smiley whatever. (laughs) She's more likely to play if you put it away. So I'm in, I'm, see, I'm working already. It's early Friday morning. I'm, I'm in my, my mind too. I'm thinking about this message here. Thinking about this message. We're at the end of our series through 1 John, entitled On the Grown in the Know. This is the last sermon on this series. And it's a great verse to end with. This is the, the last one. I can't think of a better verse to conclude a series than this verse right here. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he what? Can you answer back to me? He hears us. Let's read this together, verse 15. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. Uh, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I won't be able to totally explain this verse because I don't totally understand it myself. Just enough for my faith to grow, just enough to really believe it with all my heart. Now there's a mystery in these verses that I don't always understand because, and we're going to talk about the mystery of unanswered prayer at times, when it seems like God doesn't hear me. It seems like he's not answering this prayer. I'll talk about that, a little struggle that I have and share with you my struggle, but this is a great verse. And so I'd like to pray, Lord, as we end with 1 John 4, 15, 14 and 15, I ask right now that by your spirit you would help me use my, my words, Lord, the frailty of these words, Lord, to make a difference in our lives. Lord, you've helped me with this verse through the years, through the season of life that I'm in. This verse has come to my aid. And I've struggled with this verse. I have to admit there are times when it frustrates me, but it's in the season of asking you, how can this be true? Lord, that you've revealed your will and your ways. And so, God, take this word now and produce fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to keep these verses up on the screen for a while. Just have you look at them as I preach this message from time to time. What do we call this asking? It's right there. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we what? Ask him according anything. Ask him anything. Verse 15. Whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. What is John talking about? Do we have a name for it? 
When I, when I ask someone for something, I'm communicating with them. You can't ask God for anything without communicating with them. And communication with God is called what? What do we call it? Prayer. Exactly. Listen. You can't communicate with God without prayer. It's impossible. Prayer is a vehicle. That's how we do it. That's just the way it is. We have this incredible gift. Yet, let's be honest, yet we have a difficult time using it. Even when we read a powerful passage like this, we still would say, many of us would say, we have a difficult time praying. So here's a phrase I want you to remember as we get into this passage. Remember what Deanna said about the toys, about Addison. You are more likely to not play, all right? Forget that now. <laughs> you're more likely to pray if you're committed to stay. Okay, I want you, I know it's like, that's so goofy. It is goofy, but it'll help you remember this thing. You're more likely to pray if you're committed to stay. Stay what? Stay at it. Stay with it. Stay committed to it. Prayer. You're more likely to pray if you're committed to stay at it, stay with it, stay committed to it. That's what it's going to take. It's not easy to stay committed to prayer, is it? Most of the Christians that I, that I talk to, including myself, admit that it's hard to consistently do it. It's a lot easier to talk about prayer than to actually pray. So what is it that has the power to motivate us to stay at it? What if I were to tell you that prayer is what gets you through life? Prayer is what moves you past surviving life to conquering in life. And I would rather be a conqueror than a survivor. Though there are many times in my life where I feel in survival mode. That's why I need to grow in prayer. Because I want to be a conqueror. And we can't be conquerors without constant communication with God. Prayer is what it takes to be more than a conqueror. So if we really believe that the passage we just read is true, right here, we will stay committed to it because it moves us past survival mode to conquering mode. These verses are so powerful. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we talk to God, if we pray to God, if we ask anything, underline this, according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, he does. He hears our voice. Whatever we ask, we know that we have it. We have what, he's, what we've asked of him. God does hear me when I pray. Really, he does. God answers prayers. 
And knowing that builds my faith. And if we continue to learn how to hear his voice and walk by the Spirit, we can learn to discern his will. And the good news is, he hears us. I want to talk about discerning God's will in our life. It's not for the faint-hearted. It's not. It's hard. Praying at times is difficult. It's not for the one who falters in prayer, but the one who stays with it. That's why I say we're more likely to pray if we're committed to stay, stay at it, stay with it, like that persistent widow. Remember her in Luke 18? Jesus uses this story, and he says, be like her. We don't know how she lost her spouse, her husband, what kind of tragedy took place. She has no one to voice her concern, her cry for justice. All she has is her voice. And what does she do? She uses her voice. She hounds this unjust judge, pesters him. Until what? Until he just gives in, says, let her have the justice. She's going to wear me out. God uses this story to communicate. Don't falter in prayer. Keep coming before God with your request. Here's what I think. I don't always know the will of God. But I'm seeking to discern it. And how I discern the will of God is by continually praying and not giving up in prayer. That's how God's led me in life. It's how he's answered some of the questions that I've had in my own life. I'm going to get into just a little bit of that a little bit later. You have to read this parable. So your homework is to go and read Luke 18. The parable of the persistent widow. To stay with it when you don't feel like you're getting through to God. If you're even wondering if God's listening to me. I keep asking for God to hear this prayer, to answer this prayer. The word says that he will answer it. Why isn't that happening? I felt that way before recently, like last week. Where are you, God? It takes commitment to stay with it, stay at it. But it really is the only way to discern the will of God in our lives and even in the ministry of the church. We have this incredible, and prom- this incredible promise from God that we have confidence, that we have access to him and to his heart and to his ears. The living God hears us when we pray. When we address him with our words, we can approach him. God is approachable. He listens to us. 
And if we keep talking to him, he will teach us by the Holy Spirit and the word to discern his will. It's all about his will, isn't it? All the the scriptures that talk about prayer, about receiving anything that we ask in prayer, John writes about that in his gospel. I had never used to understand what that meant. It's like, like what? You can ask him for anything and you can receive it? When you tie John's teaching in John, I think it's 16, to this teaching here, the key is according to his will, isn't it? That's the hard part, though. Discerning what his will is. When you, you come to God in prayer, you, your first desire must be that the will of God be done in your life. But usually our tendency is to go into the presence of God and have it already worked out. <laughs> I mean, I got it worked out. I got things worked out in my own brain, in my own head, of how things should work out in my life. And I tell God, here it is, God. This is the way I want it to work out. Well, you know how far that gets us, right? That's not the way the verse says you're supposed to pray, is it? Do you know why Jesus always got his prayers answered? Because he always desired the will of God. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him that sent me. Prayer is not getting my will done on earth. It's getting God's will done on earth. This is what I know in my own life. That knowing God's will comes in the asking. I want you to to remember that. Knowing God's will comes in the asking. If I don't ask and if I give up, I will not know God's will. I'll just flounder through life and I'll be mad at God. I'll be frustrated with God. There are times when that happens and I tell God, God, I'm frustrated. I shouldn't be frustrated with you, God. But I am. If I quit asking, I'm done. Then I, then I will have closed my heart off to God. You won't know God's will without asking him for a revelation of it. It takes work, but it works. You can't know God's will outside of the ask. I've said this often. It's kind of a goofy little phrase, but it works for me. God can't guide a stationary vehicle, right? I mean, you have to get in that vehicle, and then you got to do something. And as you're driving, you're asking God, am I going in the right direction? What do, I need, what do I need to do now, God? God gives us his word, gives us the body of Christ, our circumstances. Should I speed up? Do I go 30 miles an hour? And God, I discern that that's what I'm supposed to do, and I believe I take that step of faith, and what? I go 30 miles an hour. 
If I'm not supposed to be going 30 miles an hour, God's going to reveal that to me. But if I just stay in the church parking lot and say, God, be it your will. If you want this car to move, put it in drive, God. You have the power to do that. I know you can. And we don't do anything. Guess what? I can pray all day long, all night long, all week long, and I'm going to stay right there in the church parking lot. But if by faith, I begin to take a few steps of faith, and if he wants to redirect me, he'll, he'll do that. Let me share personal testimony. I thought a lot about prayer because this verse really kind of got to me and it's just frustrating at times because it's like it just it cannot be that easy. It's a great verse but a hard verse. You know what I mean. I thought about all the prayers that, that God's answered in my life. I just started thinking about and just simple little prayers like God, you provided for my every need. And the reason why that I have food on the table is because of your, your grace, your grace, your abundance. It's just, in my mind, just all the answered prayers. And I, you know, it'd build your faith if we all got together and, and talked about the answered prayers that we've seen. But what, what about the ones who are still waiting and struggling in the wait? Wondering if he even is listening. Or if God even care. That's the temptation I have. Is to give up in prayer. Or just to say these words like, oh, thy will be done. It seems like, I don't know if I want that will. I don't know if I want that way in my life. So I could share a lot of wonderful stories of answered prayer, but I want to share a story of unanswered prayer in my life. Because I think that's where you and I will grow the most. As many... Many of you know that I've struggled with, with some physical things in, in my body through the years. It's always kind of hard to talk about that. I don't like to talk about that. But I, I just want to share this because it's an unanswered prayer for me. It's just one of those... And it's a small thing compared to some of the things that you're going through. Some, some of the huge things that you've gone through and are going through right now, but it might help you because it's a struggle that I have. In the last couple of years, I've had this thing with my hip. I had, I've had three surgeries on this left hip. It's starting to tick me off a little bit. And it's just, at times I'm thinking, it's not getting any better, God. 
What's going on here? I keep praying. I keep believing. I keep asking for people to lay hands on me and pray for me. God, I believe Jesus, you're my healer. I believe that with all my heart. So let's do it. It's according to your will. I can show you, God, all these verses of how that is the case, right? Have you been there? It's like, here it is, Lord. I'm standing on your word. I can give you chapter and verse. And then sometimes I think, Lord, I just maybe it's, I don't have enough faith. Somebody lay hands on me. Impart to me more faith. And it's a struggle. And some of you have a struggle like that in your life. Some of you today have a broken heart over another unanswered prayer. And you wonder, is God even listening to me? And you know what the tendency is to do? It's to just give up and quit praying about it and just say, well, that's just the way it is. It's the Lord's will, so let's move on. But you know, God won't let me do that. I'm supposed to keep asking. I know he wants me to keep asking and keep praying and keep believing and keep standing on those verses same ones I've stood on for the longest time. And part of, part of my struggle is even to share this today. It's like, I don't want to share this, Lord. Because what happens if you don't answer this prayer? That's just the devil. It's like, nope. I'm going to keep believing, Lord. And I'm going to keep asking. And I'm going to keep praying. And as I do, you're going to reveal your will. And that's just the way it is. And that's the way we grow in faith. Do you have a story like that? I don't want you to give up, I want you to keep praying. And talk to others about the struggle that you have. Together, God's going to make us stronger. And we're going to discern his will. I know that to be the case. It's true. He's a good, good God. Do you love that song we sang? About the father heart of God. He's a good, good dad. And I'm loved by him. He said, ask, Jesus said, and it will be given. Matthew 7. Verse 7, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for whoever asks receives. He who seeks finds. To him who knocks, the door will be opened. So friend, you're more likely to pray. If you're committed to stay, stay with it. Stay at it. Stay committed to it. It's the only way to discover and live in God's will. God will lead you. We can take courage and, and, and be confident and become more than survivors, but conquerors in life. I'm going to pray.
And then I want to share just one last closing um, announcement request. And so, Lord, I pray right now, God, that you would encourage us as a body, individually, to remain faithful, to, to keep bringing to you our request, to not stop. I specifically, especially pray for those who are struggling today. Lord, that you'd give them the courage and the faith. Reveal your will. Lord, reveal your heart to that one who's struggling with being offended at you, God. We repent, Lord. We turn. We ask you to cleanse us, forgive us, God. We don't, know, don't always understand your ways, Lord. But we trust your heart, God. We pray all of this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know, as we talked about prayer individually and discerning the Lord's will in our individual lives, we do that corporately also as a church. We're, we're as leaders, we're constantly praying, saying, God, reveal your, your will to us as we lead Gateway Church. And so as a church, I just want to ask you to, to pray as we discern God's will in a couple of matters here at Gateway Church. I think this is a, a great opportunity, a great time in this service at the end of this message to share this request with the body of Christ here today. You know, back in the fall of 2014, God moved us to begin looking for a worship pastor. You remember that. It's 2016 now, but, but that was... was what the Lord was doing. And so here we are today. We're still in that process. And I want the body of Christ to know that. Just as an update, we're still in this process. I want to give you a further update of what we need prayer for. All right? But just to give a little bit of the history, the timeline, that started in the fall of 2014. The winter of 2014 and upcoming to the spring of 2015, we were praying, we were meeting with, with some people, checking resumes, and preparing to bring a candidate in. That was already set to go. References were not strong on the one candidate, so we backed away and sought the Lord again. There were a couple of more options, but they fell through. So that's kind of that whole God can't steer a stationary vehicle. You got you to gotta, you gotta stay moving. And as you move, you always say, God, we're trying to discern your will. Help us. So here's what we did. Recently, we met with a team of worship leaders right here, Gateway Church, and then also youth leaders, parents of youth who have their, their, their kids in the youth group, worship leaders who are, who are helping out with the worship ministry. We got together with Pastor Joel and myself and a couple guys from our, 
our governing board and kind of as a, a group, we were, we were talking and sharing and putting things up on the whiteboard and talking about our needs here at, at Gateway Church with both the worship and the youth. And as a result of our collaboration, as a result of our coming together and praying and talking, we really believe that God is calling us to ramp up, ramp up our efforts confirmed then by our governing board to actively seek a worship pastor. All of that to say is, is right now we're at a, a, a season in our church ministry where coming up in the next summer months, don't have the specific date, but we believe that the Lord is going to raise up a candidate or possibly candidates who we will begin this process of saying, Lord, who is it that you're raising up to be our worship pastor? And so we ask that you would be in prayer with us as a body. Gateway Church, we, we, we believe that God has that, that person specifically for this church at this time 2016. And then we're going to continue to give you updates on where we're at with our youth ministry. And there's some exciting things that are happening in terms of direction. And things are going to look maybe a little different than what we're used to. And is that all right? Does that happen in our individual lives like all the time? It's the way God does things. And uh, so we, are, we will continue to give you the updates on that. But specifically, I want you to be aware of where we're at with the worship pastor. And within the next few weeks, the next month or so, I believe that the Lord's going to bring someone here to at least begin the process of candidating. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me. And I'm going to ask that, that you would pray. And... Just give this to the Lord. And I'm going on the spot now, and that's all right, right? I just feel like I need to do it. I'm going to have Craig Skistad come up and pray, all right? Craig's good. He looked at me and smiled, and then he went, uh-oh. He's up to something. But I'm going to ask Craig if he will pray into this and pray for the Lord's will to be done for us in wisdom as we You're do on this. the spot. <laughs> right. By the way, Craig's an elder here at, at uh, Gateway Church. Father, it's, uh, it has been a season of really seeking your will on this and gathering together and talking about what people desire. Father, we're, we're mainly asking for your desires to be made clear. Amen. As Paul shared this word today about praying in accordance with your will, we are asking for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in terms of what your will is. Amen. As your children, there is great peace knowing what your will is because we can then trust you, move forward knowing that you are good, you know what's in our best interest. 
So I'm so grateful that your spirit lives within us. Amen. We're not doing this on our own. I ask that you would move in the hearts of those that are here in this room. We are in a culture that is captivating hearts, leading them astray to worship false gods. Father, we ask you that Gateway Church would be a place where the living God is worshipped in spirit and truth. Yes, God. And so, Father, we ask that that man would be identified and he would be raised up in this community. We desire a man filled with humility, filled with holiness, who does desire to lead out in worship. And that this whole community of Gateway Church in the Elk River region would be a place filled with awe and filled with thanks. Yes, God. Because, Jesus, you are glorified and you are worshipped. So, Father, we do ask in the name of Jesus that there would be unity on the team of just people who are discerning and that the prayers of the body would go up to the throne room and your heart would be moved. Amen. And Jesus, you'd be glorified. And we ask this in your name.